0: Producing Minor Wisdom, Quintet. Oh. One,
1: two, do. Minor Wisdom. I think we're going to start with a bang. Um, first episode was a preview, but this is really the first episode. This is really the one that kind of establishes this podcast. Um... And I want to start with a topic that is sensitive, especially in the state of Texas. Uh, It is about theater as a competition. Theater as something you have to create better than your peers because of recognition, because of awards, because of the gratification that you feel, that students feel. And as humans, of course, we are born and bred to always try to be better than the other person. Uh, so theater has fallen into that. And theater as a competition is a long, long, has a long history. But what is, what is healthy competition for theater? Uh, most of us get into this business because we love the art. I don't think a football player necessarily gets into the game of football because they like to be hit. I'm sure there are the exceptions to that. And then there are people that do, but you get into it because of competition. In theater, it's the, it's, it's, it's the opposite, it's different. We get into theater because we love the art. We love the gratification of being able to put on a show. Uh, theater educators get into theater education because we love seeing our kids just pleased at the end of the day uh, with a good rehearsal. And then six, four, six, eight weeks later, uh, you've got the end. And it's that release. It's that cathartic uh, just kind of release of energy that everybody you can see on closing night. The last bow is just a little more energetic, maybe a little more emotional. And then kids explode. That's, That's why theater educators, I don't know why I just said it like that. That's why theater educators get into theater education. But now we have competition. We've had UIL one-act play, which is the reason most of us in the state of Texas have jobs. So you have to be grateful to it, regardless of how you feel. And I, for one, am not a huge, huge fan of UIL one-act play. And that has to do with the fact that I went to a high school that didn't compete. We hosted events. We hosted one-act play but we didn't compete, um, so I wasn't bred to really appreciate one-act play and have had to learn how to appreciate it as an, as an educator, as a teacher, as a director, but I never experienced it as a student. Um, <clears throat> we'll talk about that in a second, but then there are the musical competitions. Uh, in Houston, you have the Tommy Tune Awards. You have the Dallas Summer Musical Awards up in Dallas. Austin has their own awards. Um, You know, and then you have different districts. Larger districts have their awards. Fort Bend has the Baber Awards. Uh, Garland up uh, east of Dallas has the Patty Granvilles. You've got all these competitive shows, competitions with judges, with subjective opinions, with people that might not have the background that you want for your particular show. I know this year, um, finally, at our production here, we had somebody that had a bit of a background in lighting, and that's what my background is. So uh, his opinion will be more valuable to me. Whether he agreed with decisions made or not, I will still... Uh, understand that that's his background. So he he might have some suggestions and opinions that I need to be receptive to. But when you get that paperwork at the end of the year, at the end of the school year, from whichever competition you are competing in, you either love it or hate it because you already know the results. If you did not win, you did not get nominated. Why look at that paper? It's going to anger you more. Uh, Don't look at those notes. It's going to anger you more. But there are directors that need to. There there are also directors that like to. Uh, I know in the UIL world, there's a perception that there's a formula. Uh, How do I keep advancing? I have to have this many elements of this type of show or or this many elements in this type of show, excuse me. Uh, One year, I remember being at State. And almost every single show had a topless dude, had a drum. Um, uh, they were good shows, don't get me wrong. But it seemed like that year there was something that, uh, that judges were told to look for. I know that that is not true. But it's, it's, it's just funny how that works. Um, one year I went to state, and uh, again, not as a com- competitor, but I went to state and saw that um, it was all about minimal scenery that year. So you start to think well, is there a formula? Um, is this competition fair? Do I think UIL is fair? Do I think one act play is fair? Do I need to answer that? Um, do I think that there are some elements to it that need to be fixed? Yes. Do I think that there are some really amazing elements to it that, uh, we as directors need to take more advantage of? Yes. Um, but it's a, it's still growing. It adapts, it change, edaps, it adapts, it changes. So it's, um, it's interesting, you know, uh, uh, I think it's, it's one of those arguments that you can have for days with theater teachers. I, I know, uh, just recently, going to the um, TTEC, the the conference that the Thespians uh, or that the Thespian Festival put on for teachers only uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with another director about theater as a competition and how it hurts and helps. Uh, does your budget affect your advancement? Does your budget affect you getting nominated does Does your budget make you or break you? Um, there are some schools out there, of course, the ones without a good budget, that think that they don 't have a chance and then there are schools out there that have a great budget that think no it's not it 's not because we have money it 's because we have talent it 's because we 're doing it the right way. Which one is it um, are you doing it the right way? Are you able to just afford more than anybody else? Um, So it's sensitive. Um, A lot of arguments happen. Uh, a A lot of angry people leave award shows, and it's theater. It's theater. I've witnessed an entire theater troupe just get up and leave because they didn't win. And as poor sportsmanship as that might show, we are not raised in theater to, to really have that kind of sportsmanship. We, we are not told about that. Um, unless you're a fan of athletics, unless you have been raised in athletics, theater kids don't, don't really know what that's like. And so the disappointment kicks in. And of course, that's how they react uh We as directors going into a competition have to train our kids almost yearly annually how to react in time of defeat um you have to you have to teach your kids what it's like to to lose and why uh why should they know what that's like they they're artists. Artists deal with the world a lot different than an athlete uh, they look at it different they they just they're they're clearly more right brained um, so you have to train a right brained an ar- artist a a an eclectic individual that is raised in a world of falsehood they are raised in a world of you must play or portray this person, you must create this art, you must be something you're not, and then tell them, but when you are Sally, when you are Timmy, when you are Blake, you must, you must react in a way that you're not used to. So when these kids have this disappointment, when they're not chosen for Honorable mention, when they're not chosen for all-star cast, and then when they don't advance because only three of six or three of eight schools or two of eight when you get to region advance, when they don't, they're disappointed, and they don't know how to deal with it. So why set them up for that? Why have competition? Well, it creates interest from a world that, does not typically come to theater, come to see live performances. Uh, you have audiences that do have that athletic training. You have parents that have a son or a daughter that has been doing sports, athletics. They've been in baseball, football. They've been a cheerleader. They've seen this disappointment. They know how to deal with it. They also love the competition and uh it creates that new interest. It also creates um, interest for your school. As an educator, we are constantly seeing emails, tweets, Facebook posts, website posts about uh, my school did this, my school did that. Even when they get third, fourth, fifth, sixth place, oh my gosh, congratulate these kids, they got sixth place. Well, good for them. And that's That's the culture we're in. Uh, so competition creates this sort of healthy bubble of interest um, for for people that aren't used to it. And then you have those people that are used to competition, but they don't know what theater is, and so they don't know how to recognize good theater. They don't know how to recognize what separates their kid's show, which they just watched up against another school show. They think that their kid's show was the absolute best only because their kid was involved. They don't know anything about the technical side of things. They don't know anything about what makes a good show as far as directing, um, you know, projection, all that stuff. And they get angry and they're like, how, you know, they, they react in a way that they don't understand how their kid's show didn't advance. What do you mean my kid's show didn't advance? I just watched that other show. It was crap. Well, y- you don't know what you're looking at. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's like, do you want your doctor opening up your chest and being like, hmm. I don't know what that is, but I think it looks good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like, you don't want that. So, uh, and there's like, you know, there are these, uh, commercials out right now for those of you that still watch regular television that, uh, I, th- I believe it's Geico talking about, you know, yeah, it's, he's okay. He's okay. And the person's just, what, what uh, what, what do you mean, okay? Um, and they're great. They're great. It's a great ad, but, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with this. It's just very funny. I highly recommend them. But you, uh, you've got to, when you get into this competition season, again, it goes back to that training. Um, and it's, and, and, and these, these directors that, that take it a little too seriously uh, sometimes, sometimes get in the way of just creating a good department. I am a huge believer, huge, and luckily, my administration buys into this, and, and they support it. But I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that it's great what you can do at UIL. Keep on going. Do what you can do for one-act play season. Do what you can do for the Tommy Tune Awards down here in Houston. Uh, do what you can do for the Baber Awards, which, sidebar, I created. So let's just talk about that in a second. But let's, let's do all that, and that's great. But on campus, keep keep your product top-notch. Do the best theater, the best art. Give the best education to your students through productions of quality on your own campus. Get your community involved. Get your community to buy in to a quality show. And... If you can do that and your department thrives from uh, just having great work done on your home stages or stage, then you've succeeded. And your kids are going to walk away talking about every show, but they're especially going to be talking about those shows that they produced and be more proud of the shows that they produced on their campus. That's how theater should be done. It should be done that way. Um, and especially theater education. Your only show of the year should not be a competition show. That's not fair. It's not fair to the kids. Now, I quickly mentioned that I created an awards show for our district, uh, and it's in its fifth year, and it's successful. It's done really well. It's, a, it's adapted. It's changed. We've, we've updated it. As the years go by, I get bored, so I add new elements to it. Uh, I think the directors in our district appreciate it. So the question is, uh, why did I create this uh, this competition? If I'm so, not necessarily anti-competition, but if I'm so passionate about the fact that theater should be, you know, done as an art and not as a competition... Well, the reason I created it, uh, which which is going to rub some people the wrong way, but I created it because I, I want as fair and balanced as a competition as possible. Ooh, I sound like Fox News, uh, but I, that's not what I meant to do. But I wanted a, a, a fair competition that does not require uh, any sort of budget concern uh, or include that, not require. um And that that has fair eyes, hopefully objective eyes, uh, looking at these shows. Now, the great thing is it includes judges, or it is judges, that are students. Okay, well, there are some issues with that. Uh, It's great that these students are doing all this work, and I don't want to change that. I never want to change that, so long as I'm around and running the show, but the students are trained by their directors some of these students have had director changes they've been at their school for three or four years and have had a couple directors so they have different perspectives but some of these kids have been with the same director their entire time in high school and so they're going to reflect what they've been taught by their director in this critique in this viewing of a show Um, (coughs) They might even show up late to a show because their director shows up late to rehearsal. So they're just following in the footsteps of one of their mentors, somebody they look up to. And that is one of the flaws to this competition. Um, they are viewing the show through the eyes of what their director has taught them. Now, there are the anomalies the kids that are born and bred to be theater artists that are think for themselves and they're great judges but I can't have them judge every show. Uh, And then we culminate with a beautiful red carpet event, and uh, the kids love it. Um, And and seeing them react uh, and support each other uh, is really why the competition was made. Uh, It has made our district, which is one of the largest in the state of Texas, it has made our district small because the kids from the furthest, most... Southeastern school want to hang out with the kids from the furthest, most Northwestern school, and they make it happen. Uh, and I'm proud of that. Uh, I I think that that is the root and the reason that you can have a competition or should have a competition. Um, I think UIL has done that too. I don't think that other competitive uh, natured uh, th- theater competitions have done that. I do think UIL has. I do think the Baber Awards have. Uh, Maybe the the Patty Granville's up in Garland. Uh, But when you have these all citywide competitions, it's it's not going to happen. So guys, I'm going to interrupt real fast uh, because I want to get to the interview portion of things. Uh, Today it's with Miss Mandy Tapia. Uh, She's going to be on quite a bit, actually. Uh, in the future. She's actually one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast. She said, you should do this. And I said, you're right. So here we are. Uh, This podcast is going to be geared towards education with a little flavor of theater education, because that is what I know. That is what most of the people I'm interviewing know. Uh, So you just have to kind of go with it. But if you're here for the education part, you're going to get tons out of it. You're going to get a lot out of this interview with Mandy. Uh, She already knew what I was talking about. I also mistakenly, rookie mistake, recorded with an echo, get over it. It sounds really cool because it's like we're both in bathrooms. That won't happen again, I promise. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Again, fresh perspective, different perspective than what I've got. Uh, And she's uh, very passionate about theater and education and theater education. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Miss Mandy Tapia. Theater as a competition. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I know, right? Yeah.
0: That is a good one. So
1: what did you say about it? Uh, I am for it, but I'm also against it because, uh, you know, the reasons for it. I can see the results, the positive results yeah. of it, but I also right. understand the negative side of things as far as your budget's not as big as my budget and size matters you know
0: right right
1: um
0: yeah and like for me i can see it from both sides now because i am a theater director versus remembering my experience as a as a student in it and then also winning state like knowing what that felt like um but then now being a director, being like, oh yeah, this kind of sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I, and like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't a student with it, so I, I was never, I never experienced it as a as a kid, as a teenager. So, oh yeah, you know, two different sides of the coin.
0: It is. It really is.
1: Um.
0: Uh, what? How do you look at it then?
1: Well, like, you have gr- an ex, like we hosted all the time so like we got to see the the emotional side of things but we didn't it wasn't yeah it it wasn't affecting us we weren't invested in it um yeah but like i i i had mentioned um how you you know so you as a as a as a mom with boys you're you know you've got those boys have a natural and, and i don't know how how your husband raises them but they have a natural um, sort of competitive nature right and right. that that as a competitor you are raised to understand disappointment you know how to lose and so you're not a sore loser Hopefully. most of the time yeah um but as a theater artist as a right brain theater artist you're not trained you know you're not You're not in seventh grade theater uh, competing against your friends who does the best monologue. You just don't. And Um,
0: and most of the time, if you're in theater in seventh grade, it's to get away from all the people who make you feel like you're not a winner somewhere else.
1: Yeah. And, like, they have theater competitions, sure, whatever, you know, like speech tournaments, but it's um, it's still not the same. You know, you have to train your kids. You, as a director in high school, have to train your kids, like, No, you can't just get up and walk out. No, you can't boo or be angry. You have to be happy for these people. Um, You can't be a sore loser. So that's part of a the struggle.
0: Three years ago, we had a uh, a girl in our district, a director in our district, who got third, you know, runner-up or whatever, and alternate. There you go, and she refused to go on stage to receive the award, like, in front of everyone, in front of her kids, like, would not get up to go get her plaque, and, um, like, it was, like, dead, like, silence in the theater, if you can imagine, it's at, it's at our, our school, so it's a big old theater, and everybody's, like, dead quiet, and she just wouldn't get up, and, like, her students were even, like, looking at her, like, go, you know?
1: This was, oh, this and, was the director. Yeah. For some reason, I heard you. I thought you said, like, the student wasn't getting up. Okay. No.
0: Yeah. Well, I said girl, and then okay. I was like, director. Yeah. Um, and so we always have a really awesome contest manager, and she, like, you could see her face, like, in her Now that I know her, know her, I, I can only imagine what she was actually saying, but she was like, come up here, like, you know, like, waving her up. And she walks to the edge of stage, and we have, like, two stairs, two staircases on the side of the stage and she walks to the edge of them and like basically leans over the staircase to like, you know, like come get this. And she's, they were sitting in the very front few rows. So they were right there. So finally she like walks up and gets like halfway up the staircase and just leans over and grabs it and goes and sits back down. Won't take the picture. Won't go up on stage. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was like, it was the worst i think example of what you're supposed to be teaching your kids.
1: Yeah. And that's that's part of the issue. And and like and you guys have what's the Austin what's your um, like musical Greater
0: Austin High School Theater Music Awards or Musical Theater Awards M- Musical Theater Awards.
1: Yeah, and so like like i had uh, again in that in the in the time that i egotistically talked about myself the um one of the things that i touched on was, you know, the The fact that it's really hard to judge those uh, fairly objectively because it's um, you're going to a school like yours that doesn't mm-hmm. historically have a massive budget, and then you right. you go to a school that's uh, you know a large six A that has
0: yeah.
1: a, parents just or a private money. school
0: or a whatever yeah
1: yeah private school too so uh, but but those those schools that win uh, mm-hmm. deny that it's because of their large pocketbook, yeah exactly yeah.
0: Uh, except for when they blurt out something like, "Oh, well, why is this such a big deal about filming? You can yeah. get the company we get, and it's like I t- literally in a room full of high school, Austin high School, like Leander, Georgetown, the big schools. I just turned around and I'm like, are you going to pay for the $2,000 that it costs for us to do it yeah. as well? Because you have the money to do that. We don't.
1: Yeah, and, and, so and really does, that, does that filming affect anything? You know, you know you, I'm sure there are people that can answer yeah. that, but we can't, and right. we can only assume.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, at what point do you say the truth is in the pudding, and at what point do you just say maybe I just didn't have that great of a show. And that's hard, too, because at the same time, like, so I look at, I don't know what the name of the school is, but it's where Rick Garcia is. Oh, uh, Episcopal, St. Edward's Episcopal, or something like that. But they have, like, their their fine arts school. So there's that. You know, it's all the elite of the elite from Austin going to that school. They flew Jesus for $16,000 for 30 seconds. They have a brilliant director. I mean, he is. He's amazing. But
1: Did Jesus fly? Have, Was that in the Bible?
0: <laughs> you so, know?
1: I don't remember reading that part. I don't part. remember that part. Of yeah. the I
0: missed that part. Okay. It must have been like according to George or something. Yeah, I mind know. you,
1: my Bible's in um, Hebrew, and I don't know Hebrew that well, but yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I just think at some point, like, yeah, of course he's going to have a better show than mine. Also, all of us students do private lessons every single day. and yeah. Or, you
1: know. So, like, my uh, mentor theater teacher, uh, Bob Singleton, who may be on this thing at some point one day. Um, I have to talk to his agent. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he he always told us, you know, the reason HSPVA does not compete is because, of course, HSPVA is supposed to win. And then if HSPVA doesn't win, uh, how bad. come they didn't win? That's what a horrible school. Yeah. They must be getting a crappy training. Um, but now PVA <laughs> does compete in at least the musical side, not not one act play.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and, and and it's proven that there are you know one one of the things that I think, in my opinion, PVA competing has done, and this this goes for even schools in Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, whatever. Is that it's. Uh, it's proven there are other programs out there that are just as good if not better so why why spend the time to, to audition for a, a school like that um, yeah and the stress and all that when you could go to a public school that's just as uh, just as good yeah anyway. i don't know what else you got to say mm,
0: that can be recorded i don't know <laughs> My my previous TD, she really hates UIL just, I think, mainly because of that. Like, how do you teach your kids that it's art and it's supposed to be beautiful and not one single person can judge, yeah. you know, the overall opinion of everything, except that that's exactly what UIL sort of claims to do. And she had a really hard time with it, And and I get that, and it's hard because like you said, when you have a crap budget and you've got these schools who are, you know, tripling the size of that or, um, you know, just whatever, level of talent with directors or any any of that stuff that comes into play. Well, she, her main reason for wanting to bow out for the whole situation is just not wanting to teach kids that that's what art's about. and I And I get that. And having to tell my kids like we had just as good of a show, but we're not doing it for shock value or we're trying to tell a really good story. We're not trying to, I don't know. It was just, it's, it's hard to, to tell these kids in my community who are 30 minutes away from Austin. Some of them have never even been to Austin or, you know, they're just, it's just small town mentality, that it's okay to lose time and time again and not feel like a loser.
1: Have you ever had have you ever had um, issues with parents that aren't necessarily trained, quote unquote, uh, to, uh, you know, they're not necessarily theater parents. They have a kid in the, in the department or um, have a kid that may just be doing UIL for the competitive aspect of things that has raised a stink, um, not accepting the results, that kind of stuff.
0: No, not really. I think for the most part, my kids who are in UIL are in UIL and theater because they didn't want to play sports, and their parents have kind of just gotten used to the fact that they're not going to be the next, I don't know, football player or cheerleader or whatever it may be. So I don't think my parents care all that much about the win-loss thing. I think they, they did this past year only because last year, we got nominated for a couple of awards, and one of them being best actor at the Greater Austin thing. Yeah. And I think that that kind of raised eyebrows, like, "Oh, we can do that." Yeah, so expectations. Now the expectation, yeah. yeah. Now the expectation is has been raised. So, you know, we advanced twenty two kids to nationals last year. So, oh, well, I didn't even think that was something that you know we did. And so now that it's kind of the standard, then now. You know, that's something I, now I have to struggle with because parents are asking, well, now we only had five advanced internationals yeah. so what happened from last year? But I think overall their main concern is just, um, I, they don't know what it, what it looks like to win. So I don't think they have a, they don't have that expectation. But I Not think yet. if I was in a district where that's something that you do all the time, yeah. then that would be a bigger thing. Right now, what I'm kind of lucky about is that they're seeing progress. Yeah. so they're like oh wow you know little shop was so good in comparison and now it's oh my gosh even in just one year look what you did with that of sailing and so I'm in a good spot where that as long as I don't start to fizz out they're proud of the work that the kids are getting done and they're starting to not be so angry at my rehearsal schedules because that was a really big deal
1: yeah because you yeah. you're, you're pushing a good product I mean it, you know the 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 old cliche in sports is Nobody gets mad if you keep winning.
0: Exactly. And yeah. that's kind of where we're at because my first year when I had a rehearsal schedule that I thought was normal because that's what I did in school and and everyone's like, "We're rehearsing how many times a week? And we're rehearsing on Saturdays for how long?" I just thought that's what you did. And so and, you know, and then they saw the product and like, "Oh, okay, well now it just kind of makes sense." And then this year when we were auditioned in May and then the show wasn't until January. They're like, you're going to do that one show for that long. I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty stupid of me too, but I'll try it. And yeah, it was a better show. So yeah. I don't know.
1: So once again, thank you to Mandy Tapia. Um, Kind of an informal ending to that. Uh, I just kind of said, Hey, I stopped recording and then hung up. Rude uh so i apologize but thank you she's going to be on again i'll be able to apologize to her on the phone so i'm not too concerned about it so uh if you hear my daughter in the background i'm not neglecting her she's playing with the dogs and uh, a paintbrush right now so it's kind of the first time i've been one-on-one with my youngest uh so you know bear with me people i'm not neglecting her one thing i wanted to do is uh something that A guy named jay thomas who some of you know uh some of you will get to know when i have him on this podcast whether he wants to be or not Uh, but um, jay had this idea because we are such huge wrestling fans still even though we're middle-aged we know it's fake we know it's planned it still hurts anyway i digress but he said blake you know how to really lose your audience why don't you do a segment about wrestling? And so I'm going to end this podcast with what he has coined as the curtain call. And I like that it fits. So we are going to call it the curtain call. All credit goes to Jay Thomas. If you love this, I did it. If you hate it, I can give you his phone number on my next podcast, but the curtain call is going to be kind of an ending feature to the podcast each week. Um, This week, it's about wrestling. In the future, it'll be about wrestling. Maybe it'll be about something else in the future. I don't know. We'll see. But this week's hot take is about Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose's potential departure from the WWE and most likely going to the new AEW uh, All Elite Wrestling. And that's great and all. It'll be great for All Elite Wrestling. It'll be great for Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks running that. Uh, but I don't understand why he feels he needs to leave Dean Ambrose has been treated like a king with the WWE holding the world title a couple times uh always being in the picture always being an actual threat he's married to Renee Young who's on the the commentary team for Monday Night Raw I get it you know like you want better things you want the greener pasture uh you haven't felt like you've been used great the past couple months but you've also been out injured you just came back and you were such a badass when you came back and it's annoying it's annoying as a wrestling fan i think from my side selfishly that a guy like that wants to leave because he thinks he's not being utilized he's underutilized that's annoying uh and and again i know i've lost Everybody but Jay Thomas at this point on the podcast. But I don't care, man. It's my podcast. I do what I want. It's in my pocket. I do what I want. Okay? So you just have to bear with me. Um, Once again, that's my hot take. That's my curtain call. Thank you to Mandy Tapia. Uh, I will get something to hold my microphone. You probably just heard my hand move. Ugh, what a Bush League podcast this is. You guys, I appreciate you listening. Next week, we're gonna have another special guest. Uh, I've got some prospective people out there that uh, I'm excited about. I hope you know. Hope they're not waiting to see this thing get get really off the ground because they might be waiting a while. You guys have a good week. This has been Minor Wisdom. Blake Minor out.